Well, hello, everyone. Before we get started with this week's episode, I have one thing I wanted to say. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. I really appreciate it, and I would love to hear from you. Feel free to send me an email at jane at glisteningparticles.com and say hello, and I'll say hello back, and you never know what else. So I look forward to hearing from you and knowing who's out there. And now, let's get started with the episode. Here we go. This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Today's episode is brought to you by the Lolly Art Group. Tanner Lolly is a two-time Glistening Particles guest and an amazing artist who has paintings seen around the world. It's impossible to view his work and not feel the power flowing from them. It's like this beautiful mix of like strength and love. I'm wild about a painting called Momentum. It just takes me ah, to a place I can't really explain. To view his current work as well as find out where he'll be, check out thelollyartgroup.com or if you're in the Dallas area, stop in his gallery. And remember to allow plenty of time for a real artistic experience. So what about you? Do you have something you've been dreaming of starting? You know, that like little inkling in the back of your mind of something new you want to do? Well, so did Jonas. And he was here back on episode two and we heard all about how he created his chocolate factory. And in this episode, we hear something new. And we hear how he evolved what he was creating into what it is today. What changed, what grew, what he loves about it, and what's new. So with that, here's Jonas. Hey, listeners! We have an early Glistening Particles guest, Jonas, the chocolate maker, from episode two, back with me today to talk about what he's doing in the world of chocolate. Hey, Jonas! Hi, Jane. I'm so excited to have you back, and I can't believe you were from episode two. You know, uh, it's up to 108 now. Wow, you've been doing a lot of episodes. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. I have a, like a sticky note uh, vis- visual for myself. Every episode I put up, I put a sticky note on this whiteboard, and it kind of makes me happy to realize that all those stories exist, you know? So I love having you back from way, way back in the beginning. Hopefully, I've honed my interview skills a little bit since then, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, and, and likewise for my chocolate making skills. <laughs> it's been, you caught me at my very beginning as well. So That's true. we kind of both got started together. That's true. And then, um, so yeah, let's, let's just jump in. So first of all, can you tell people where you happen to be interviewing from? I think it's a good part of the story. Uh, I am interviewing from an apple orchard kind of <laughs> deep in West County um, near Sebastopol, California. And out in the woods collecting 
bay nuts, right? Yeah, I'm just two blocks away. I, I was harvesting bay nuts, and then I realized it was 1.30, so I <laughs> ran back to get my phone and find a quiet place. But uh, there's a bunch more bay nuts on the ground, which I look forward to getting back to after this. <laughs> well, I love that that's the way we work as entrepreneurs today. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to run out and get some nuts, and then, oh, wait, I've got a call. Let me just go sit by the road and do an interview, and then I'll go back and harvest some more bay nuts. Totally. It's always been a lifestyle choice for me to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, sure, there's long hours sometimes, and there's times when you really have to do everything because you're the only person to do it. Um, but there's other times when it's super rewarding, and you can kind of live the dream. Yeah, it sounds like you are. And it actually even sounded like it back then when you were doing the hardest part of entrepreneurial life, which is starting the company. So can you start uh, bring us forward? Like, tell tell me what's changed since back then. What about two years ago, right? Yeah, if not three. Okay. Um, yeah, the company's been around since May 2014, so okay. it's it's October 2018 now. So yeah, a little over four years. Um, I got into this thinking I was going to be a chocolate bar maker. Like that was very much. The thing that I was seeing out in the marketplace, and I was like, cool, I'm going to make chocolate bars. And I'm actually at the point of phasing out my chocolate bars right now. I've completely pivoted um, how I share chocolate with people. Um, I now make pouches of chocolate discs, which are a great format for snacking on. Um, and they're also really easy to melt down to make chocolate drinks. Um, and collect kind of that whole product line I call ceremonial cacao. Okay. Uh, Rich uh, is really emerged as this great platform for telling the full story of what goes into the chocolate that we make. I, I kind of found that the chocolate bar market didn't have enough bandwidth. Um, it was too much around the consume, repeat mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas with the chocolate discs, we're, we're breaking the mold and kind of offering people a completely different format and a di completely different way to enjoy and relate to chocolate, which is coming at it from a ritual angle, coming at it from a health angle, um, really coming at it with reverence as a sacred food. That I mean, you literally are like breaking the mold, which is kind of a fun pun to say, you know, because you're no longer using the chocolate molds to do the work, right. essentially. Right. So what... Like, how are you actually getting this message out to people? What is, what's your strategy on that? And how's that going? Well, two years ago, actually, 60% of what I was doing, 60% of my income was from events. I was zooming to festivals all over Northern California, Southern California, sharing chocolate, having lots of FaceTime with people. So that was one way to get the message out. But mm -hmm. I realized personally that was kind of unsustainable and hard to scale. Um, and now 60% of our revenue comes from e-commerce. Um, so we ship chocolate direct to, directly to people all over the country and even internationally. We work with folks in Iceland and Slovenia and Australia and Germany, and, you, know, oh you name it. So wow. we've really found that just going directly to the people who you know, have found us on the internet, um, who care to read our whole website and really learn our story. Um, that's been the most sustainable model for us. So 
that's increasingly um, the way the business is still shifting is, is towards even more e-commerce. Okay. And is it, are you able to, how do you ship chocolate across the world and it doesn't end up like one big chocolate disc? Uh, there's times a year that we can't really do it okay. um, or like parts of the world that we can't really do it. Um, the good thing is if you're making drinking chocolate, even if it melts into a big disc, you can yeah. still melt it again to make a drink. It's That's just true. not the pretty little discs. Um, but, you know, we use ice packs and relatively fast shipping and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know, the drinking chocolate is something that I think I was introduced to around the time I met you. And it's not what we think of as traditional hot chocolate or hot cocoa. So can you talk a little bit more about that? I'm not sure everybody knows what that's like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not traditional hot cocoa. Um, the first thing I like to tell people is that this is like eating a whole food, like eating a whole apple. You know, we, we all know that whole foods are the food as it came off the tree in its natural state, no additives, nothing subtracted. Um, and that's the same way our drinking chocolate is. So we take the whole bean um, coming off the tree, it gets fermented and dried, then we roast it and shell it and grind it and pour it into the discs, and we never add or remove anything. Hmm. Um, and that way it really, it's, it's kind of optimal for your health, mm-hmm. um, and it's the way nature intended it. Um, and cacao has co-evolved with humans over many thousands of years. Um, the cacao pot actually doesn't naturally fall from the tree. It requires primates to harvest it. Um, so there, there's actually some pretty incredible co-evolution. And so tinkering with that, like separating out the fat, um, which is how cocoa powder is created, mm-hmm. um, really impacts the medicinal value of it. Um, so cocoa powder, you might have caught that, is the whole food minus the fat. Mm-hmm. The fat is actually really, really healthy for you. It's really good for your skin. Um, and it's the natural delivery mechanism um, for most of cacao's medicinal benefits. Um, they say those all those benefits are in cocoa powder and it's marketed really well. But without the delivery mechanism, you're not getting most of them. And milk is not the appropriate delivery mechanism. It actually acts <laughs> it actually acts as an inhibitor. Um, for some of the beneficial aspects of cacao. So you said primates have to harvest them. What does that mean exactly? Um, So the cacao pod will actually shrivel up on the tree and rot before it falls off. Um, So it's it's really co-evolved that it needs monkeys or humans to distribute its seeds throughout the forest because the seeds will not come off the tree on their own. and as part of that coevolution, the way that the cacao seed, you know, ultimately becoming chocolate affects human brain chemistry is exquisite. It's considered, you know, pharmacologically one of the most complex plant substances. Um, and you know, if if you've ever felt happy after eating a chocolate bar, um, you might have. Always. Yeah. They, all right. All right. So there's the sugar <laughs> kick, but. If you if you if you eat something without much sugar, there's uh-huh. that like okay. deep satisfaction and happiness that lasts for hours and hours out, um, and that's that's the result of the cacao. And I mean, you can get verifiably high off of some really pure chocolate, um, and increasingly it's being used in alternative party scenes for weddings and such as something to celebrate with. That mm-hmm. is 
not alcohol that is totally legal um, and is, you know, a substance that can be shared ritually. You know, I think we talked a little bit about the, the cacao high on our last episode, and you were working on finding your own personal threshold for that. And mm-hmm. uh, what do you think is the amount that a person would, on average, would eat in order to reach that particular level? I recommend that people start off with half an ounce of, of pure 100% cacao mm-hmm. in one sitting. Um, now, it, it could often be higher, but I recommend that as a starting amount um, for people to just, you know, it, it's it's like getting to know a new friend, getting to know new medicine. You want to mm-hmm. be careful. Right. Even though it is just chocolate, you want to, this is surprisingly powerful stuff. And you want to, you know, make sure that it just sits well with you, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't have a, a an allergy to pure chocolate that you didn't know about mm-hmm. or that you're taking antidepressant that actually can interfere with chocolate, things like that. Okay. Um, but, you know, you can safely take one and a half to two ounces of chocolate. I would just really sit, a, take, a, take a side, um, a good chunk of the day if mm-hmm. I'm ingesting that much chocolate to really sit with it and, and notice its effects hmm. and and have a journal and, and really kind of make a ritual out of it or go spend the day in nature, that kind of thing where you can be attentive to what the plant is doing because ultimately it's the, the shift that we're working on is relating to the plants as plant spirits, relating to them as medicine rather than just consuming them um, with food. a desired effect. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the thing, you know, half an ounce is a good place to start. Sometimes mm-hmm. half an ounce can be, more than I want to have in a single sitting because mm-hmm. I'm feeling so sensitive to it. And other times I want three times as much. So yeah. the, that speaks to the dynamicism of the relationship. And it'll affect me in completely different ways. Like I've, I've had to put me to sleep because I had kind of forgotten, but I was sleep deprived after a few late nighters in a mm-hmm. row, you know, mm-hmm. and the cacao, I drink the cacao and the cacao is like, oh, you don't need to be stimulated. You need to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and it just knew that and took you there. Yeah, and people get caught up with cacao being a stimulant substance, and that's that. It's kind of a very multifaceted plant. It does have theobromine, which is a relative to caffeine, and mm-hmm. theobromine is a um, cardiac stimulant rather than a nervous system stimulant. So it it works on the body on your body side more more than on your neural side, mm-hmm. um, but it also has relaxing properties at the same time. Um, anandamide, this blissful dopamine, serotonin, they, they, they actually help your body relax. So it's, and, and even theobromine, the stimulant molecule also relaxes blood vessels. Mm-hmm. So even though it's accelerating your heartbeat a little bit, it's, it's actually helping the blood flow through your body more easily. So yeah, I really tell people less to think of cacao as a stimulant only and really as this, this very complex plant that will right. give you what you need. You know, um, I've always, I'm always experimenting with different ways to eat and, you know, lifestyle and diet and that. But the one thing, even when I'm on this, these like super strict diets, like the whole 30 or something, the one, even though this wouldn't be whole 30, um, the one thing I always keep in my diet is a small amount of really, you know, 90 to hundred percent pure chocolate every day. And it seems to be the thing that keeps me balanced. 
it's really a helpful one to have around it. It's a really nice treat when you're going through all sorts of strict diets. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our our cacao is keto and paleo and vegan, organic, gluten-free, soy-free. Like, it, it doesn't have most most anything that you're needing to cut out in the mm-hmm. diet so it's actually compatible with most of what's out there yeah you're right yours is i think i got some 100 percent when i was out there last time you're absolutely right so can you talk a little bit more about some of the other ways people are using it as a medicinal supplement uh sure um are you, t- are you meaning for health reasons specifically? Right. Or? Like, are there ways people are using it? You know how you look at, um, trying to think of a good, or like coconut um, oil right now is all the, has been for a while, all the rage, you know, for having, a, improving your cholesterol and it's a great fat. So what are ways people are integrating cacao into their life? Because I see it even as a powder now, like a, that you can mix into smoothies and things like that. And I don't even know if it actually tastes like chocolate at that point, but it's different. There's So there's so many ways you can get it. How are people right. using it? What are the ways people are using it to improve their health? Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a broad spectrum good for you. Okay. Um, on the very foundational level, it's the highest naturally occurring source of magnesium. Mm-hmm. So if you're magnesium deficient, which is many Americans, mm-hmm. you can actually completely... Stop taking magnesium tablets um, and reverse your magnesium deficiency just being on a regular daily cacao diet. It doesn't even need to be high doses. Okay, I'm Um, totally in. How much do I need for that? Because that would be awesome. I hate swallowing those three big pills every day. Yeah, um, you you could do half an ounce a day and you'd be fine. I'm in. That's going to happen. All right. And, And magnesium, just for folks who don't know, is an essential catalyst for heart and brain function. They've mm-hmm. identified hundreds of chemical reactions that its presence is required for. So really, for your heart and brain to work at their optimal potential, we need magnesium. And it's not something that the body can produce. It has to come from our diets. So the cacao can provide, I think I take 600 milligrams. You're saying it can provide that amount? Yeah, it, it definitely can. Um, I can I could get you the exact numbers okay. to check that you're getting a 600 milligram dosage. I'd be interested myself in doing that. Okay, now. cool, cool. Um, besides, you know, besides magnesium, um, it really helps with any sort of circulatory issues. If like if you're a long limbed person like myself, um, sometimes your your toes or your fingertips don't get good circulation, especially when it's cold out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that. After a few years of cacao, cacao feasting most days, that mm-hmm. I've ceased to have that problem, which is pretty cool. Um, so it's really helped with circulation into my extremities. Um, it, besides that, it's it just like you know, I, I think it it probably improves skin tone, and and just like people are always telling me, "Wow, you have such soft skin." <laughs> um, people never used to say that to me. Right. So. Right. <laughs> Like, oh, I wonder where that comes from. Um, but the other big reason to take a cow is for altering your mood. Okay. I mean, I uh, and a lot of people work with cacao to support them going through challenging moments in their life, working mm-hmm. through mental health, um, working through loss of a loved one. You know, just cacao really um, it. It helps. It helps lift you up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and it it also you know it really works on the emotional body. 
so it can help you work through those emotions like feel them and then come out you don't have to be scared of like getting lost in this like trench of sadness like the cacao is really helpful to like do the work that's needed and then get you back to your baseline i like that Um, have you done a lot of stuff i mean obviously you've done extensive research and that's who you are as a researcher and an engineer for sure um have you done research on maybe even like indigenous tribes or other um cultures who have used cacao as part of their um medicinal i don't know doctor's bag i I know there's a better word for it but there's some out there but there's actually surprisingly little even Mm -hmm. in even western science has not done much research on cacao mostly because it's been considered candy for Mm -hmm. such a long time um yeah, there, I, I, I'm recalling there's, there's like one island peoples who had a very, very high cacao diet and were very, very healthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the one that's traditionally cited. I, I don't have the name of them okay. off the top of my head. Um, unfortunately, a lot of knowledge about indigenous uses were lost with the conquest of central south america north america Mm -hmm. um during the 1500s i mean you know that was truly a terrible time where 99 percent of the indigenous population was wiped out by disease or violence so those were really our ancestors who you know had the most developed culture around cacao um you know the the mayans the aztecs the olmec Mm -hmm. they're really the the first examples of where cacao became cultivated and became a big part of human culture. Um, and there's some indication of that in, you know, ancient runes, ancient stories and texts, but um, we know compared to the extent to which cacao was used in their culture, we know very, very little. Well, it seems like you're working hard to bring those stories back to life. Um, do you feel? Do you find that there are other companies or other chocolatiers doing the same thing? Or do you have somebody talking to you? Somebody's walking by with their horses and curious Aww. about Aww. me sitting in the apple field. These two, <laughs> two beautiful brown horses <laughs> just so taking, cool. taking a walk down the lane. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this is our world now. I just totally love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So that's awesome. But actually. I was going to say to to that point, um, something I've become really interested in is working with traditional cultures um, and getting to know more some of their indigenous plants that have largely been overlooked by Westerners. So, you know, the bay nut is a great example of one that grows up and down the California coast and uh, is a food staple for the indigenous peoples here. Um yet there's been practically no studies on it. It's not commercially cultivated at all. And we're one of the first companies to bring it back into the food supply. Um, There's another plant, which is a relative of cacao. So cacao is Theobroma cacao. Um, The closest relative is Theobroma bicolor. Apparently in ancient times, it was often... Uh, combined with the cacao drink. And if you imagine cacao to have a feminine energy, this plant has a masculine energy. So they really balance each other out. Um, But it's not as tasty as cacao. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
the conquistadors basically only brought cacao back to Europe and ignored this plant and it's kind of fallen by the wayside. It's not commercially cultivated anywhere as far as we know. Um, the little bit that we're bringing in with a partner company uh, is wild harvested in the Peruvian Amazon by a women's collective. Mm -hmm. um, and we've invested in a pilot plot of some growing in Belize, um, also with indigenous uh Kitchi and Mopan Maya down there. Um, so again, you know, I like the more I get exposed to that plant, I'm beginning to think like, wow, cacao should actually always be consumed with this plant because they balance each other so well. It's this like match, match made in the plant world um, that has just kind of been overlooked by <laughs> the West. <laughs> so I'm really fascinated by those kind of plant combinations, especially for medicinal and therapeutic usage. Do you have any of that in your product line yet? No, we're, we're really, really excited to get to produce it. Um, so we're, we just partnered with a superfood company, Imlakesh Organics, um, and we'll be co-branding a product because they're the ones who have set up this project working with the women's collective in the Peruvian Amazon to wild harvest the the trees and so it's like it's super rare super special and mm. um, I actually lear independently learned about how to process it in Belize um, because some of the indigenous farmers there had it growing on their farms mm -hmm. uh, and they shared with me what they were doing with it um, and then another friend has verified usage in Guatemala of it. So it's, it's, it's actually all over if you, if you know where to look. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, yeah, we're, I'm actually grinding a Guatemalan cacao in the grinder after I finish harvesting bay nuts. So <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to that and then I'll be making a blend, uh, with a little bit of the Theobroma bicolor that I do have and oh. kind of trying to figure out a new recipe for that. Because like I said, it doesn't taste as good. It's it's more like if you drink it straight, it's uh -huh. it's kind of like cashew milk. Um, it's really nutritionally dense and creamy. Mm -hmm. um, and the effects of it don't last anywhere near as long as cacao, but cacao has neuroreuptake inhibitors in it, which is part of what prolongs the experience of drinking a mm -hmm. cup of cacao. Um, and so those neuroreuptake inhibitors actually work with the Theobroma bicolor as well. And the cacao makes it taste good. Um, and then the Theobroma bicolor is grounding and super nourishing with the cacao. So, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just like the perfect match. And I'm, I'm learning about what the proper blending of it is now and, and finding a recipe that works. Yeah. I'm excited. I hope I can get my hands on some of that when you get that going. Yeah, we will definitely have it available on the website okay. by next year. Okay. Um, assuming everything goes well. But um, yeah, I so I actually like to host men's circles with cacao, um, you know, and the cacao putting us in touch with our feminine side. But we all we what we what we do is we we sit down, we meditate. Um, then we drink cacao and then we set up wrestling mats and we spend an hour wrestling with each other. And it's not the like, <laughs> it's not the like toxic masculine, like pin each other to the ground. It's, right. it's actually really celebratory, like more like a dance form, um, and an exploration with each other, but where we can really let our strength out with uh -huh. each other and be witnessed by each other. Um, so, you know, our circle typically has 10 to 20 men in it. We do it once a full moon. 
And so we drink a cow and then we wrestle and then we go do more traditional men's circle where we'll do a circle and sit outside somewhere after we get that embodiment piece to really help us be present. Um, And so I've really wanted to bring the Abrama Bicolor into that circle because cacao has become such a staple of that circle. Um, that getting to work with the the masculine plant complement the cacao feels really perfect. So the wrestling stage might change a little bit then, right? The whole that whole <laughs> if you bring a bunch more if you bring more masculine energy into that. Yeah, I mean, it's been a very very organic circle, which has shown me how much value is created in the circle for mm-hmm. the people who come you know we we like (laughs) my collaborator and i we we usually just like post it on facebook just a few days before it's going to happen but Uh people people know thursday nights around the full moon set that time aside and and we've always had the strong showing so that's amazing um, yeah i have one in two weeks and i'm already looking forward to it (laughs) i wonder how many people go there that i would recognize from the area you know because i'm Uh out there uh so often Totally. I'll have to check that Facebook list and see who's showing up for that. I mean, I it's it's a total reset point for me every right. month, you know. But like after a little bit of wrestling, I've forgotten everything else. And I didn't even know I liked wrestling when I got into this, you know. I was like, I want to do men's circle with cacao. My friend's like, I want to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's try it. That's too funny. Yeah, you know, we, we have... Of course, we have lots of friends in women's groups, and they're all like, "Hey, we want to do wrestling too." <laughs> like, yeah, this is this is our bed circle. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a shared night sometime because it's really fun. But I'm sure it is. No, seriously, I think I probably I would probably enjoy that, but not in my living room because it's you know, yeah, someone's gonna yeah, break we, a lamp. We definitely have have guardians near the glass door, and you know, have have some protocols to make sure that it's safe because yeah. you know, especially if you've kind of forgotten how to wrestle. You have to relearn how to wrestle. I know. So that involves exploration, and we don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, Um, the visual that comes to me when you first said it was, you know how when you take your dog to the dog park and they're all just like all the dogs get into this rompingness together and, you know, they kind of try to show their their strength. That's kind of what it reminds me a little bit in a good way, though. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, we're... We're animals. We're right. we're like if you. If, I, I was out on the Serengeti actually recently because I went to Tanzania for a cacao sourcing trip and just seeing all the animals and I I just couldn't help but notice how embodied they are, like how comfortable they are in their bodies, how they have such wide, elegant ranges of motion and such, mm-hmm. and you know with us spending so much time in front of our screens, like we really forget to take care of these bodies and really like give them the the full level of intensity that they need to well, even the Even the movement, you know, like I think about, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I'm doing some different kinds of functional training now and I didn't realize how I never reach back, like, mm-hmm. like reach over by, like if I'm going to, like if you're going to throw a baseball, you know how you reach way back. Yeah. I never throw yeah. baseballs or throw pretty much anything. And so that's just a movement I've started doing when I walk around the house, like just reach back as though I'm about to grab something and I'm trying to grab things from behind me more often because it's like there's this whole aura of space around my body and I spend almost all the time in this like pie-shaped version in front of me. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, we're we're super forward-oriented. Right. Yeah. 
So that's good. Okay, so you kind of alluded to it, but why don't you talk a little bit more about how you source your cacao beans? Um, well, I source cacao from Tanzania, Guatemala, and Belize presently. I'm working on some new sources from Ecuador and Colombia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say like I primarily source my cacao intuitively. Like mm-hmm. I I get a sample of the cacao and it tells me. <laughs> and I like that. There's a lot of folks who want me to use their cacao and I'll get it and it'll just be a really clear no. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I, I reject 99% of what gets shared with me. And I've just learned to really trust that in- intuition because I've seen it now three times where that intuition has been spot on. And, you know, when I learn more about what's behind the intuition, I see that it's some of the best practices in organic agriculture and regenerative ecosystem restoration and community, you know, owned cooperatives and small farmers making a good livelihood. There's, there's such amazing social and environmental impact that can be had at origin. And somehow I'm able to intuit that and I feel taste it and experience it as well. So that's that's really the guide for me more than anything else is I would say that the, the cacao very clearly tells me which one to use and which one not to. So that's a hard thing to write up in the, the um, you know, company guidelines of how to get cacao, right? <laughs> you know, you can't really, yeah. you can't teach that. You can't, dis- you can't like set up steps for that. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard to teach. I mean, we can we can write down what it reflects, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yeah, mm. but definitely, you know, I think intuition is, is actually something that can be taught. It's, it's something, it's, it's like a listening that needs to be awakened over time. Mm. Um, so it's, it's not something that can be learned overnight, but it's something that like any skill is practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's not taught so much in our society, but it's very common in indigenous cultures and, you know, using dreams to, for guidance mm-hmm. and just picking up on the subtle clues of nature. And I think that goes along with um, just there's so much coming at us that we don't, it's hard to listen. You know, it's like listening in the middle of a orchestra, which is yeah. hard when you're well, not before, to other things than the orchestra. Before I got into cacao, I was working in solar, and my my job title there was actually as Imagineer. Mm-hmm. So it was basically my job, I was working remotely, to be creative mm-hmm. and come up with new ideas for this awesome solar company. And I pretty quickly figured out that it was time off, more so than time on, in which the creative ideas really came through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really developed these practices around going to hot springs and taking walks in nature and making good food and just different things to relax myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's where after, you know, doing some focused work in that relaxation is where the the breakthroughs would come. Oh, totally. I, I have this, I totally get that. And I think also by giving our chance, ourselves a chance to let those creative ideas come forward, it actually then is like rocket fuel for the time when we are working. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't believe that I'm coming up with these ideas. You know, I, I feel like I, I'm getting, getting to listen into a greater mm-hmm. wisdom, which is, you know, has ancestral roots. Like there's, there's ancient wisdom of place and ancient wisdom of cultures, as well as community knowledge and wisdom. So, and, and you see that in all sorts of synchronicities that I've, I've seen over the years. Um, so it's, it's far beyond this individual person here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's where that practicing of listening in that way comes in and, and plants can help with that. Cacao can really help with that. I think it's, cacao is a great way to, to hone and practice your intuition. Well, you know, I'll be ordering some as soon as we're done on the call. So just let me get that out there. <laughs> Not even kidding. Um, so tell me what else you're doing in your life these days besides things around cacao. Is there anything else? Um, I've been pretty focused on cacao, like more so than I have been for a while. Mm. Um, I, you know, when I, when I started Firefly, I spent a lot of time practicing yoga and going dancing and those are still big parts of my life um but they feel a little bit more established now um and i've actually yeah i've I've been putting a little bit more back into firefly in the last little bit um i think because after all this time some real clarity has emerged on direction um you know and and having a clear path with the ceremonial cacao and e-commerce as a way of reaching people so um, I've really been working on the foundations for us to be able to produce chocolate at a scale to meet all the folks who are reaching us out to us wanting it. So, uh, yeah, I would say lately I've been putting in a fair bit of hours. Um, you know, I, I love traveling with my brother. And so usually that's my escape is he lives up in Seattle. So mm-hmm. I've been going up to Seattle a bunch and we go on bike tours or hikes or just hang out at his place. So. I've had some good escapes that way. I've I've had a personal goal of uh, going to spending one month out of the year at Hot Springs this year. Really? So, you know, that's just two to three days a month. So really, it's just a long weekend, really. Right. Um, but I've really been prioritizing that. I'm I'm definitely on track, if not a little ahead of track. Uh-huh. For that. What um, Hot Springs do you go to? <clears throat> um, there's Sierraville Hot Springs, which is up in the kind of north of Lake Tahoe. Uh, there's Ore Hot Springs. Um, there's kind of a hidden hot springs north of San Francisco. Um, I'm going to Iceland later this year. Or sorry, early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll wrap that in. So I try to go wherever I can. Um, up up going north, up in Oregon, up uh-huh. near Seattle, there's a hot spring. So That's interesting. I, I, I'm like very much somebody who will travel long distances for hot springs. <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever been to a hot spring. So maybe I need to add that to my list too. Ooh, you have some, <laughs> some treats waiting for you. <laughs> <gasps> okay. I need to get back out there. That's for sure. Um, okay. So what, so we talked about your company. We talked about what you're doing. Um, what is it? I know as the person that you are, you're always trying to give back in whatever ways you can. Is there a special focus way that you do as far as giving back to, you know, serving others other than making the cacao? Um, what I what I hear you speaking to is reciprocity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there's what I've really been focusing on. How do I give back is even just like giving back in a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. So making offerings, giving gratitude, really practicing those, those sort of rituals mm-hmm. um, because it, it really it connects me to the greater and I feel like it feeds the greater. Um, so that's that's a practice that I've seen that's just like very like a road that's been traveled many 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 times um, especially with the uh, peoples of North America mm-hmm. um, their gratitude practices are very very strong and I'm, I'm consistently impressed and, and wishing I was raised <laughs> with that kind <laughs> of just like foundation um, right. so something that where I keep training myself and keep learning from people how to do that in a good way. I love that. I think that the more we do that, I mean, each individual, it just kind of feeds that, that vibration around the world. You know, it's people sometimes think that sitting in gratitude and sending love, being grateful and all that is wasted time or, you know, just, you know, too woo woo for them. But really, it feeds the energy. And so all of us have have a responsibility for that. So I think that was a great answer, actually. A really great one. Well, what I would add to that is that specificity really makes, it kind of grounds the practice and makes it concrete. Like, you know, I'm not... I'm I'm rarely like oh yeah sending love out to the world right. you know it's mm-hmm. it's really a very focused gratitude practice working with specific energies specific animals specific plants mm-hmm. um, and really really dropping into a a named felt experiential sense of gratitude um, which sometimes takes a few rounds to get to, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of sometimes have to go to the superficial gratitudes to be like, Oh yeah, I'm grateful for this and this and this in order to get to the things that are really moving and deep. Well, and it takes the time listening, right? It just, it's listening into that and getting in that space. So I love that you do that. And, you know, you can feel it. I met you in person. I saw your chocolate shop, which was pretty cool. And um, you can feel that in everything that you do. And I'm really appreciative. I'm grateful for you for doing that. Yeah, just, just you know, these practices of gratitude, they're ultimately connection practices. It's acknowledging how connected I am in this multidimensional reality to many, many different forms of life. Um, and that's something that really grounds me um, to place and to this time and helps me navigate just the chaotic mm-hmm. times that we're in right now as a society. Yeah, I know. I don't like to even talk about them too much, even though there are times that I do. But it is, it's, this is, this forces us to show how we can bring ourselves back to that grounded center. We have to do that all the time. Hey, I wanted to pivot here though and make sure we get in the three random facts. So, do you, can you share three totally random facts about yourself and they, can be about anything, but probably something you wouldn't put on a job application or maybe even a dating site, but, you know, if you were to fill out either of those things. So things that wouldn't go on there. Super random. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Um, I like singing while I harvest bay nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I'm super embarrassed to sing in front of other. Like, it usually just shuts down completely when anybody else is around, <laughs> which is why it's good for me to go out and then I'll come up with silly little songs, you know? Like, but it's a great way to spend the time. So I, I, I rather that. enjoy singing. <laughs> I love singing too, but I can never remember the words, uh, and I'm not good at singing around people, for sure. It's it's one of those skills that I highly admire. <laughs> you know, last time we yeah. talked, I think you were learning to play an instrument. Uh, whatever instrument that was, it didn't get very far. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have musical aspirations every now and then, and they tend not to go too far. I, I grew up playing the clarinet. Maybe that's another random fact. <laughs> um, I, I've declared that for quite a long time but something about playing for auditions and such it was always like just another thing to be good at uh, and I really yeah it kind of I, I also feel like I chose clarinet to learn at a young age but really I'm I'm really curious about stringed instruments mm -hmm. more so um, but I've never made that leap from the clarinet and my young experiences with music to, you know, getting to indulge in that curiosity a bit more. I feel like it's coming. It's, yeah. it's It'll come out at some point, but it's still very undeveloped. There's a lot of time left, you know, to get there. So do you have a, yeah. a random that's third? Very much how I, <laughs> that's very, very much how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. There's like so many things we want to do that light us up and, there's also a fixed number of hours in the day, at least in the current world that we're in. And so we have to pick and choose. So, Yeah. Um, I guess random third fact is that I'm super committed to receiving acupuncture. Mm. Um, I, I go twice a month to an acupuncture practitioner in Sebastopol who um, is just, a, I feel like it's a miracle every time I go, like the way that she works with my body and my spirit is profound. And mm. it really helps me stay in what I feel like optimal health. And I, I feel like it's helped me avoid sicknesses or such so often when, you know, I've just like worked a little bit hard and, mm -hmm. you know, she's the kind of person I'll come into her office and she'll feel my pulse. And, you know, she's like, so what's going on? And I'll tell her about something. And then she's like, did you, did you like work too hard or were you stressed? So like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and shift things back towards balance. And I've actually right. also worked on uh, healing a number of like chronic injuries uh, with her. She, she helped me with a bike accident really? um, that I was in six months ago. And my shoulder went from having zero mobility um, and the doctors who x-rayed it said, oh yeah, it might be six months having full mobility a month later after a few acupuncture sessions. Oh, I love that. So why don't you tell people where they can find you and, uh, order, and order chocolate? <laughs> yeah, so my company is Firefly Chocolate, and you can find us at ceremonial-cacao.com. Um, if you type in Firefly Chocolate, it'll show up. So, yeah, on the Internet, or if you're in the North Bay, we're an hour north of San Francisco, happy to have visitors so please drop by totally worth it the smells are like you just need to lay down on the floor and just be buried and like lose yourself in them yeah <laughs> yeah that was really fun going there my mouth's watering again i need to order my chocolate all right well thank you again so much for being here today and um for sharing some time out in the woods in california 
You're welcome, James. It's so great to reconnect and circle back on each other's stories a few years later. And hopefully we'll bump into each other again. Yeah, I'd love that. Okay. All right. Well, take care. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Well, for the record, after I was done recording this episode, I did go out and order some chocolate. And yes, I've been experiencing my upper limits of how much cacao I can eat in one setting or one session. So if you want to do that, go ahead and order some too. Oh my gosh, the bay nut is so good. Like, so good. It's like popcorn flavored kind of and coffee and cacao all at the same time. I ordered one bar. I should have ordered 10. Anyway. Um, Go and enjoy some chocolate yourself and think about and maybe tell me what's something that you've become so immersed in that you wanted to learn everything about it, like the way Jonas is with the cacao bean and the way he's sharing that. It's a pretty cool story to go that deep on one topic. So I'd love to hear about you too. Let me know in the comments or out on social media. And thanks for listening. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining.